1: plushcare.com slash weight loss LMFM podcasts with CNC carpets we bring the showroom to you or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dremiskan call 87 660 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment CNC carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs
2: Irish people are great at finding the funny side of things, even in the midst of grief. And it seems comedian Des Bishop is no different because when his mother Eileen sadly passed away in 2019, although he was devastated, he was able to find the humour. He turned this experience into a new show called Mia Mama. It's coming to Drogheda's Crescent Concert Hall on October 1st. Critics are calling it hilarious and poignant. It's a must see and I'm delighted to have the man himself on the line. Des, it's great to have you back on 11 to 1. How are you?
3: Good. It's funny you call it a new show. I mean. It's- <laughs> It it doesn't feel new to me because I've been (laughs) doing it for three years, but that's because I couldn't do it for two.
2: This is it. It
3: my new show that I've been doing forever.
2: (laughs) It is your new show you've been doing forever because, you know, we spoke the last time we spoke was January 2020. And I was listening back to some of uh, that interview earlier on and we were having the crack days. We did not know what was coming down the line at all. Did you panic, though, when COVID hit? Because as you say, this was all ready to rock and then COVID kind of put a halt to a lot of it.
3: Well, it was going. I mean, I was I was full belt. I, I had done March 6th, 7th, and 8th, 2020, in the Everyman Theater in Cork, Uh, you know, full shows. But, you know, I have the footage. Like, I'm making COVID jokes then, and it's all a bit of a laugh. And I was making fun of skiers because it was coming back to the ski resorts, and I was joking about all of us sitting together and how we didn't care because we don't want to lose the money. Uh, But on a the, on the serious side, we had already seen that ticket sales had, like, ground to a halt in the sort of two weeks leading up to it. Like, people were beginning to get paranoid. So, anyway... Uh, long story short, uh, I was clueless. I remember, I, I, we cancelled six weeks of shows, and we were pon- we were worried if I was if we were going to be able to do uh, a filmed show on the Good Friday of mm. 2020. So we were clueless,
2: basically. Oh my and god! I could have
3: never imagined. Because I postponed and postponed. like I don't know how many times this the show that's coming up has been yeah. postponed, but yeah. I would imagine it's been three postponements. We just kept pushing things back. I never would have imagined that the majority of this tour would actually, it took uh, 22 months between the last Me and Mama show in Ireland and the next one.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is quite the time, all right. And But, you know, a actually, lot has happened. It 23
3: months. It was Killarney in, Fe- Killarney in mid-February.
2: Okay, So so basically two
3: years later, me and Mama got back up and running. And except for, you know, a few added shows, the majority of my shows were all shows that were meant to be done by the end of 2020.
2: Oh, my goodness. But, you know, a lot has happened in two and a half years. Not only did we survive, Des, thank God, but uh, you thrived in lockdown. You met and married the love of your life, the gorgeous Hannah. Massive congratulations on that thank
3: you yeah it took a pandemic <laughs> i mean i'm 46 i mean i was 44 when i met her it's not like <laughs> uh, it's not like i i i didn't have you know other girlfriends in my life but yeah anyway the pandemic and just you know things happen for a reason i guess and uh we met up and it was good timing you know
2: really good timing. i, I always
3: yeah. say that we joke myself and hannah that uh the pandemic was great for new relationships and terrible for old ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is true.
3: Yeah. In new relationships, you can't get enough of each other. So it's like, isn't this great? We just have so much time <laughs> to be with each other. Whereas in an old relationship, you, you can't be together that much. You just no. everything about each other annoys you. So two years of being stuck with somebody, the sound of their chewing and their breathing, you know, all these things that drive you crazy. It was tough. A lot of, a lot, a lot of breakups.
2: A lot of breakups for people But you know Speaking of that How is married life treating you And are you getting on Each other's wick yet?
3: Ah no Listen (laughs) We we travel We're comedians So we're only together Half the time
2: Oh yeah That's the secret Des Yes That is the secret Younger people Younger
3: people always say That must be tough And people in like Their 50s and 60s say You're (laughs) going to survive They're all like This is the trick You have to You have to spend time apart To appreciate the time together Now I mean I'm kinda of joking with you here. But I do the it, it's more to do with the fact that we both love our careers. Yeah. We both respect because Hannah's a comic as well and, and a creator, I respect the obsession because I know that obsession for myself. So I don't get upset when work is like her main focus. She mm. doesn't get upset when work is my main focus. Obviously you have to make enough time for each other, but that hasn't been an issue you know
2: oh that's it yeah like you say the key to a happy successful marriage is totally time and it's a threesome our, <laughs> yes.
3: our, our marriage is a threesome it's me Hannah and comedy
2: comedy you know? absolutely now, I saw pictures of your wedding I love a good celebrity wedding I have to say and there's a great picture of you laughing so much at the celebrant was he upstaging you now with all of his comedy
3: no, no upstaging <laughs> it's his time to shine I wasn't working I, I was <laughs> I was actually first of all that's Bernie Graham he's a judge he's a friend of Hannah's family uh and he was fantastic and he he brings a bit of gravitas cuz he wears his judge you know he he brings the what uh, what w- w- one say the the what's the word of when you say the something of the office I, I, for some reason i'm drawing a blank but oh. he, he he brought the stature of, yes. of his yes, of I his so-
2: position i hear you yeah
3: and he was very funny it was very quick but he he just made the right amount of effort and I left a lot, actually. And it's one of the highlights of the ceremony part, which was way better than I expected it to be. I, the ceremony was actually the highlight for me. Yeah, because you see, it
2: depends on who you have doing the, the, the you know, the kind of official bit because it could be a bit droney. You know, it depends. So like that, you want someone with a bit of crack. It's a happy day. You know, you want to kind of get that vibe across completely. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and we are both performers. So like we yeah. were very on top of just like vibe, you know, like I was very conscious of, of, of what we wanted that to be, but my concern actually leading up to it, this is actually for anybody get married. My concern was it was going to be too short, yeah, uh, and I was worried that we didn't have enough in it because it was essentially just like Bernie says a few words and then we do the stuff and we're done. But actually, number one, the shorter the better. But it wasn't even close to being too short; it was just right. But it was our ceremony was no more than ten minutes, and anyone who's thinking about the ceremony part, I promise you, a short ceremony is, is a win. But anyway. I certainly wasn't worried about being upstage. <laughs> he couldn't have been better. That whole thing was just so great. Uh, so many laughs. It was a couple of like, little heckles from the crowd. Just, I actually I couldn't believe how funny and fun the ceremony was. And yeah. that was just exactly what we wanted.
2: Well, it totally comes across in that photograph I, I, I saw, you know. Uh, but of course, both of your parents, sadly, not around to see you tie the knot. But no date you were thinking of them on your big day. Do you think that they would have passed on any advice to you?
3: I don't know. Honestly, if you come and see the show about my mother, you'll you'll probably know that there was a there was a sadness uh with a hint with a tinge of thank God just <laughs> because she was a very stressed out woman. So it was I was so sad that she wasn't there, but there were times during the process where I was like it's pretty handy that she's not alive to deal with this right now. Because <laughs> she's not good she in stress. She would made it easier. She would have made it more difficult. Oh, well, you see,
2: mammies, Irish mammies, they want you to kind of, you know, have, have, you know, the best possible day. You know, they want to fret and fuss over you completely. And, you know, yeah, I'd listen, say... Listen,
3: here's the reality. The wedding is about the wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hannah's mom is so cool. And it's, it's so funny because Hannah always says, like, my mother, we would have got on so well, me and your mother. And I was like, well, listen, It's great that you think that might be the case, but look at the statistics. The wife and the mother-in-law have a bad record. So let's just say you're never going to have to find out. And it's sad that she's not around, but pros and cons. (laughs) Pros
2: and cons, absolutely. Now, you know, as you mentioned, you have created this uh, entire show around your mum. And it's only right, it's only fair, Des, because you did make a whole show about your dad. But was she the typical Irish mammy? Like, did she own a wooden spoon and did you get threatened with it if you were bold?
3: Uh, there's wooden spoon jokes in the show and all that. Now she, my mother's Irish American. I deal with this all on the show, but my mother was, uh, uh, you know, born in America, which you know is not really clear from my stand-up, because I, I think I've pretty much given her an Irish voice. But she has always done my ads and everything, so I I, I wasn't really keeping it a secret that my mom was a New Yorker, but she was raised by Irish people. And I I, I won't give away any of the, of the show, but I get right into her upbringing because I I think despite her American roots, her upbringing was, was very Irish. And yes. There's Wooden Spoon stuff in there, and there's a lot of stuff about the childhood. Now, listen, this show is very funny, but it is not afraid to get into the to the dark side yeah. of—to uh, be honest, I go right back to my great-grandparents, and I get right into a sort of a legacy of trauma in our house mm-hmm. just to make sense of who my mother was, because there's a lot of funny stuff about my mother, and a lot of people that come to the show, they identify— but it's funny about stuff that wasn't that funny in childhood.
2: Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, of course. People well, can laugh it.
3: about it now because we identify. But yeah. a lot of it has to do with that tough. Uh, this is not uniform. I'm not mm. saying all Irish people have this. I bring about a lot of Irish people can identify with a tough mom, yeah. a cold mom, mm. uh, anxiety-ridden mother, and just, uh, you know, per- uh, perhaps a lot of unnecessary st- stress in childhood. Now, that's my childhood. I share it. I get a ton of feedback from people who identify, but even people who didn't have that type of childhood.
2: Well, no, yeah, completely. And, you know, as I said in the introduction there, like this is what, you know, where you can find the best comedy often is in these really tough, challenging moments. So was this kind of very cathartic for you? Like, did you really kind of find it challenging as well to kind of write this? Because you were right there in the grief when you were writing it. Yeah,
3: it was a mixture because, you know, I did the show about my dad and it was really, really, that was kind of like a celebration of of fatherhood. But one of the early jokes in this show is about how basically he was like best supporting actor at best. Actually, I'll I'll do one joke. I never do jokes on the radio, but I, I was just thinking about this joke right before you called me. So I opened the show by saying, you know, my dad died in 2011. It was very sad. But it wasn't long after he died that we all realized, wow, he did Nothing, <laughs> like, like, like nothing changed. The whole system worked exactly the same. It's just my dad wasn't around to watch us do stuff. Yeah. So losing my dad and doing the show about my dad, it was almost kind of easy because he was just such a lovely guy and it was just nice to celebrate his life. Whereas my mother, despite the fact that it's the more complicated relationship, it's also the more important relationship because she did everything. She was the boss. Yeah. My, you know, you didn't ask my dad what you know for permission you ask my mother if you actually asked my father for permission and did something my mother would say why did you think that was okay to do that and I would be like well I asked dad and she'd be like you know that doesn't mean anything (laughs) that's
2: like a a lot of people can relate to that because you know you might ask your dad something and then the response is have you asked your mother (laughs) Have you yeah, asked your mother? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, and, my mother never said, did you ask
3: your father? <laughs> no, no <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Show. I think we're writing a bit right here.
2: Definitely <laughs> not. And like, I mean, the dads, and even now, I know this with my own husband, like the dads are the pure messers. Like they are the ones that like you can have all the crack with and get away with stuff when mom's not around. Mom is the boss, even now in my house, does.
3: <laughs> right, well, there you go. So y- y- people can identify with that. So... uh In terms of, you know, your original question about doing this show, I always, because it was actually a running joke in our house after my dad died, that my mother would say, like, am I going to get a show? And I would always say, Ma, if we do a show, it's going to be like a a melodrama. It's not going to be a comedy. But actually, when she died and I was thinking about her life, uh, it was was actually a harder task to make my mother's life funny. First of all, I didn't have the hook of this James Bond thing that I had with my dad, but also... You know, it took me a long time to find out, you know, what elements of grief, because don't forget, the show about my father wasn't about him dying. It was about yeah. him being sick. It wasn't about death. So uh, it took me a long time to find out what's funny about grief that everybody can identify with. Because don't forget, you got to make people laugh who haven't experienced this. Yeah. So I was like, what, what's funny about that? That'll be universally funny. And then also, what's funny about Essentially, I'm making jokes about mental illness. I mean, this is the kind of mental, the, the fact that we now have a more all-encompassing term for, for, for mental health. Yeah. You know, so I'm talking about like my mother's mental health struggles and the, the the stuff that was done to her to make her the way that she was. I'm joking about alcoholism, child, children growing up with alcoholic parents. I'm talking about like heavy stuff, but I'm I'm all the time trying to make it funny but that takes time. It's like, yeah. a, it's a, it's a more like a delicate process. So I would say that the, this show is like harder to develop. So yes, cathartic, but also like more like, uh, like a, uh, profe- creatively
2: satisfying, but yeah.
3: but also very difficult. Yeah, like oh, it was completely a difficult process.
2: Yeah, completely. And like that, you know, it's the job of the comedian as well to make us think about these bigger issues as well. And like that, t- no better way through the vehicle of laughter. You're you're coming to the show. You're coming to to Drogheda with this show. Jason Byrne told us he always kick-starts any tour of Ireland in Drogheda because the crowd are bananas. Basically,
3: well, it's funny <laughs> he should say that because I I mean I've never started my tours in Drogheda, but. I've always had wild shows in Drada. (laughs) This venue that I'm doing, I only did it once before, but I was really blown away by it. Like, a venue has a lot to do with it. Obviously, the people, too. But of all the shows I've done in Drada, and there are many, uh, this venue has been the best. Oh, Uh, very
2: good. uh, But I also have to say,
3: you know, it's funny that Jason says the shows are are wild. When Chris Rock got slapped by Will Oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: Everybody was asking me about like violence on stage, and I say, "Well, there's been a few times where I've been rushed, <laughs> but the first time <laughs> oh, no. I was ever uh, physically uh, threatened on stage was in a pub in Drada. It was oh, actually God. the first the first shows I ever did. Fellow Kieran was running shows right before I kind of blew up." Uh, but i was well known enough that i feel like this gig was pretty full and i was think i was still doing the immersion routine so it have to be around like 2002 right cuz yeah. i haven't actually physically performed the immersion routine since 2003 so it must have been like 2002 and at towards the end of the show like after the immersion routine of all routines this guy gets up on, like, walks up and rushes the stage and says, "If you say one more thing about Orland, I'm gonna <laughs> oh, no. the head over you, whatever, you know." And uh, I remember I grabbed a-, a bottle of Bulmers off the front row table and I stood there and I was like, "Bro, like, I like," because there was no security. <laughs> I'm standing there on stage oh, with no. a bottle in my hand to protect myself because this guy was huge, yeah, humongous. And I, because I remember when finally security came and got rid of him. Uh I remember saying like this is how much of a trigger the immersion is for Irish people for <laughs> <laughs> <Threatening> me with violence. <laughs> The family, he's like he's
2: gone back into some like like some child, some PTSD from his <laughs> yeah. father making him feel bad about leaving the American. Oh on him. God! Oh God! Well, you see, look, you, you can't. This is what happens. You know what I mean? The immersion's a big thing, as you say. But hopefully, everyone. Hopefully, somebody <laughs>
3: listening was at that show. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it wasn't a big venue, but I got to think there was like 100 <laughs> people there, 120 people. Yeah, maybe somebody was there.
2: Maybe, maybe, but hopefully everyone will be on <laughs> their best behavior and draw the days. It's been so lovely chatting with you again. Again, massive congrats on the wedding and on this show and uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing you Andrada
3: ah, Thanks so much thank you nice to chat to you
2: <laughs> Thanks a million Des Bishop there he's going to be at the Crescent Concert Hall Saturday the 1st of October with his show Me and Mama and you can get tickets from Ticketmaster
1: LMFM Podcasts With CNC Carpets we bring the showroom to you or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237